Hey everyone, welcome back to the Pillars Do Seasons podcast. This is Catherine, and here at Pillars, we believe in cultivating community in every season for all women of all life stages. Today, I have the privilege and the honor of sitting with Pastor Christine Kim and her fiance, Pastor Jimmy Bay. They're both pastors in New York, and in this podcast, they're going to tell us a little bit about their relationship story, they're going to discuss spiritual covering, and how to answer the call of God over your own life. So without further ado, here are the Bays to be. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Pillar Two Seasons podcast. Today, we're here with Pastor Jimmy Bay and his fiance, Pastor Christine Kim. Hey, guys. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, hello. Thanks for having us. <laughs> so excited to have you guys here. For our audience, could you guys just give a little description of who you guys are? Yeah, my name is Jimmy. Uh, pastoring at New Dream United Methodist Church out in Long Island. Been there since 2013. Been in the East Coast since 2011, but originally from LA. LA. Represent A18. <laughs> West Coast. Um, yeah, came out here in 2011 for school and just been pastoring and working as a teacher ever since. My name is Christine. Uh, I've been in New York for two full years now. Uh, I'm a youth pastor at Unikyoe in Little Neck. Um, and yeah, born and raised in California. I love the weather there, but I also love the snow out here. So I'm like still adjusting, I think, but um, overall it's been going pretty well. And as um, the years have gone by, I could see myself definitely growing a heart for this region, um, for the city. And so yeah, I'm just excited to be out here, seeing what God is doing out here too. Wow, where does it sound so spiritual? <laughs> what are you talking about? You're like making my intro. No, 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 it's fine. Let's go on. Wait, so I had no idea that you guys pastored at different churches. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So what's that like for you guys? Um, there are times where I come home on a Sunday or like a Friday or just from an outing or whatever, and God moves so powerfully. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, how was it? And I have to like explain the whole thing again, <laughs> where I'm just like, oh, I wish you were there. Right. And she'll talk about stuff where, you know, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I wish you were there. Mm-hmm. And, um. Uh, there are some times where, you know, I wish I was there to, like, defend her or something. You know, mm-hmm. somebody, like, a newcomer steps up to her or something. And I'm like, just want to handle. But can't always be there. But mm-hmm. it's interesting. I think it's better because it's kind of, like, doubling the amount of experience. Mm-hmm. It's doubling the amount of hardship and breakthrough and breakdown. So, Yeah, I think there are pros and cons to it, definitely. Um And, I mean, we're still talking about what's going to happen and what's going to change once we get married. Mm -hmm. But I think because uh, we both stepped into ministry while we're dating, you know, and, like, now engaged, um, I think being in two separate ministries allowed us to grow as individuals and as our own minister. He's, like, my, like, I look up to him a lot, just, like, Mm -hmm. as a minister Mm -hmm. and just, like, you know, the way he does ministry. And um, he's, like, you know, my favorite preacher, my favorite pastor. (laughs) And so I think... I think for myself, it would have been a little bit hard for me to find out who I was as a minister and mm-hmm. uh, really find my color because I would just want to be like him. You know, so I think if I were in the same ministry as him, um, I probably would have found myself kind of um, imitating him more than really trying to find out more of like who I am. Mm-hmm. And so I think being at a separate church um, and doing ministry, it 
pushes me to look to God and depend on Him and for him to lead me rather than like looking around and seeing like you know who who do I want to be like you know like, who do want to who do I want to kind of follow after and so um yeah pros and cons definitely there are times where I look at or I hear like what's going on and like I want to be there you know and especially when we both have like like events happen at the same time it's kind of like ah oh, like I wish we could be at both of our each other's like, events but yeah so you guys both started ministry when you were dating right Mm-hmm. Also, by the way, who's older? I am. Oh my god! I am. No, yes. wait, you're older. Everyone know that I am no, by no. nine days. <laughs> She's born December third. I'm born December twelfth. But that nine days means a lot. Yeah. So I am older. It's actually a funny story because when we first started dating, she's I'm I'm uncomfortable calling her Christine because That's my older sister's, sister's name. name is Christine. <laughs> so I call her by her Korean name Youngjin. But she doesn't call me by anything because she feels weird calling me by my name too. So for, I don't actually, I've never called him by his name. Yeah. So what she actually does, she for the first couple of years, she's like, hey. hey. <laughs> my hey. name, my name was Hey. And then our typical one is just Babe. Um, yeah. So your older sister, her name's Christine. Mm-hmm. I saw that she recently got married. Yeah, and she married a Kim. So we're switching so, last Christine names. Christine Bay, <laughs> oh Christine Kim, and she's Christine Kim. When she marries me, she's gonna be Christine Bay. So it's like too weird. So how long have you guys been dating before you got engaged? Five years. Mm, it's all been yeah. five years. Five years, almost six. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. we got engaged, and then we've been engaged for four months now. November, Since December. November. Yeah. yeah. I was dating wow. for five years. Um. <laughs> you want to take this one? <laughs> no, it actually, like, it actually feels like we've been dating for two years, like, in a in a sense, because the first three years of our dating, um, four, first four years, first four years, three and a half, three and a half, like, yeah, the first three and a half years of dating, it was long distance, mm-hmm. and so I would see him, like, on mission trips, you know, like, two weeks in the summer, or, like, if he would come back, um, like, during his school breaks, which was, like, maybe only a week long. Uh, and so, you know, we did our best um, long distance. Like, V-chatting on, mo- like, Mondays were, like, our cheat days. Like, we would V-chat and talk the whole day. But we actually did a lot of, like, emailing back and forth. Uh, we tried to stay away from texting because we saw that being long distance, we always want to be, like, together, and texting was, like, that way of, like, being close, Mm -hmm. but it kind of kept us apart from, it kept us away from being present where we both were, and so we stuck to emailing. Um, The reason why she called the Mondays cheat days is we set some rules. Like, these are, like, long, tips for long distancers, pretty much, Um, because if you could do long distance, you could do anything, but... um, (laughs) Tips for long distancers is that you want to keep emotional boundaries because by the nature of long distance, you simply can't be there for each other. Like you just can't. And in order to be there for each other, especially with the time difference, because I would come home um, and I would be ready to chat, but she would still be at work because California is three hours behind or at school. And then when she gets home and is ready to talk, which is like 9, 10, you know, 9, 10 p.m., it's 12, 1 a.m. for me. And so she'll video chat me or like text me and be like, hey, can you talk? And I'm like, I'm dead tired, girl. I got to wake up at like 5. I don't know if this mm-hmm. is going to work. And so what we did was we set up these boundaries and said, don't depend on me emotionally because I can't be there for you. 
Like you just have to look to Jesus straight up. And same thing for me. Because when we didn't set up that boundary for the first like couple weeks and months, we would look to each other emotionally and we would get disappointed constantly. Mm. I think that's what happens for long distance relationships. People get disappointed by the other party. There's always like some like one defining day, like a keystone day in a long distance relationship where one person was really looking forward mm-hmm. to talking to the other person mm-hmm. and the other person just could not be there for them. Yeah. After that moment, that re- the long distance has changed forever because there's this sense of disappointment. There's this sense of this person's not there for me. Mm-hmm. And so we made that up front and said, we cannot depend on each other emotionally. We have to look to Jesus. And then on Mondays, we will block out everything. <laughs> we wouldn't meet with anybody. We wouldn't um, even do a lot of work, right? We would just make that our date days. And so we would watch movies together, right? We would, pl- we would press play at the same time <laughs> while we're video chatting. One time we even carved a pumpkin on Halloween. Yeah. I, I hit up my homie. I was like, yo, can you deliver a pumpkin and carving tools on this day? And he was like, all right, yeah. I got you. And then he delivered it and we would carve pumpkin. I would order takeout and I would yeah. send it to her place. So, so you awesome. just got to get a little creative. But so you guys went on like virtual dates. We did, yeah. Dates, yeah. So then for you, Christine, like how is, like when did you make that transition from California all the way to the East Coast? Like when did you know that mm. you wanted to come here? I would say it was it was a very uh, divine moment, divine appointment. We were considering uh, the next steps to our relationship because we've been dating for like four years now. Um, at that time. At that time, by the end of December. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were, like, it was either for him to come back or for me to come here. But it just made more sense for him to go back to California because, you know, all of our friends are there, his family's there. And uh, for me, like, I just had nothing out here. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it just didn't really make sense. I was like, I don't know anybody out here besides, you know, you and uh, my roommate, Rachel. Um, but it was there wasn't anything for me here. And so I think as we were just talking about it with our um, spiritual father, Pastor Paul, he was telling us, um, like, what are you guys going to do? Like, somebody has to move because you guys can't do this forever. And he looked at me. He was like, I think you need to move, right? And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, why? Like, I'm, you know, I'm, I, I'm, like, stable where I'm at. Like, everything's, you know, like, fine. And um, I was doing children's ministry, actually, back in California. Um, but I think deep in my heart, I also knew because the way that I was seeing God using him here in New York, uh, the way that he was um, just, I don't know, yeah, just what God was doing through him, I just knew that it wasn't done, mm-hmm. right? That there was still more for um, but for Pastor Jimmy, uh, the way that God was using him. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, yeah, I think in my heart I was like, God, like I feel like in this uh, season, like he's still called to still be in New York. Um, but for me in my heart, I was like, okay, God, but I need a bigger reason to move out here than my boyfriend lives in New York, mm-hmm. you know? And I think just, uh, for me to tell my dad, you know, that I was going to move, um, cause it's a pretty big move from California to, uh, here. And so I was just praying, uh, and Pastor Paul just looked at me and was like, you know, what if a door for a ministry opens up for you here? And I was like, yeah, if that happens, like I'll take it, you know? And that was actually, it was during identity retreat. He told me on, um, on, I think, the, the last day, like the last night of the retreat, 
the next morning we wake up, he comes to me and he was like, I found a place for you. And I was like, are you kidding me right now? Like, <laughs> in my head, I was like, is this guy for reals? Like, there's no way, right? But it just turned out that um, a church that went to that retreat, they actually came without a youth pastor. And so they just came because they heard about it and they wanted to, um, you know, just like attend. Um, and, and so, yeah, they just, they came up to Pastor Paul and they're like, we're looking for a youth pastor. Do you have anybody? And he was like... I have someone like perfect for you guys, you know. And that's when the next morning he came up to me. He was like, "I found a place just for you. Like you're gonna you're gonna go. You're gonna start in January, I think. Like you know, talk with them, blah blah blah." And I was like, "This is happening way too fast." <laughs> but I think even that transition, um, I was just very prayerful, and I asked God mm-hmm. for three things. Um, I just practical things where I was like, "God, like if this is you, I want to know that it's really from you." And so, just a prayer in my heart was, um, "God, I think number one is just housing. Like where am I gonna live?" I need to have a place to live. Uh, number two, like, I need a car. Like, I just need to have transportation. And, like, number three is, like, uh, I need my dad to bless it. I don't want to leave, like, on a bad note, but I want his blessing. Um, and so it's pretty crazy because um, all of those three things were met, like, just, like, kind of, like, back-to-back. Mm-hmm. And um, in terms of, like, housing, when I reached out to my friend Rachel, she was telling me that uh, her third roommate was moving out. And she was moving out the day before I was coming into New York. So, like, the timing was just, like, perfect. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I talked with my church. And um, I ended up – someone actually ended up donating a car to me. And so I got a car. And then um, as I talked to my dad about, you know, just, like, transition and, like, moving and um, that I was very serious about pursuing my call to ministry, um, you know, like, as a father, he was kind of, like, he was he was sad and he was like are you sure about this like do you want to do this like you know it's not too late to study something else like maybe you should you know go into like didn't you want did you say you want to be a nurse you know like you don't want to follow up on that I'm like no like this is what I want to do and I think after thinking about it he was like you know if this is what you want to do then I can't stop you and so yeah I think after seeing all those three things uh met I just really felt like golly this is where you want me to be and so yeah that's why I'm here funny story in that when we were dating, she was on nursing track, and I was like, I found my sugar mama. She's going to be the one who takes care of us while I'm in ministry. And then no. she changed to ministry. She tricked me. I'm just kidding. So how did you guys know that you were called to one another? For about a year. Even though I had a pull towards her, and I felt attracted towards her, and I was like, something could be there. I was like, no, God, I'm going to be celibate for the rest of my life. And every morning and every night when I would pray, she, uh, God would actually put her on my mind, on my mind and on my prayers. And I was like, God, I don't, I don't want to pursue this. This is from the devil. I really thought that when I was praying, the devil was trying to attack me mm. by putting thoughts of her in my mind. So I would just pray for her as a sister. And what ended up happening was, God, like, I would just start breaking down. I'm like, God, why am I crying? I don't care for her that deeply. Like, and he would just put things on my heart, like her family he would put things like her calling her education she's going through a hard time and I'll just be getting all of these words from nowhere because I again I was not texting her I was not talking to her and I was just bawling and I was like man maybe there's something there what went on through your mind during those two years when he's trying to be mm. a celibate I mean, yeah. Funny story. <laughs> Why is it a noun? It's just <laughs> a celibate. Yeah, it's no. an adjective. <laughs> um, like, were you trying to pursue him when no, you were trying to contact no. him? Or? So actually, funny thing, she was trying to be a celibate. Thing. 
Yeah, exact same thing. Um, Like, even coming out of high school, I really, in my heart, I think out of a genuine place of just wanting to devote myself to God and Mm. just wanting to, um, like, for me, I had this desire where um, I wanted God to have, like, my whole heart. You know, and I was like, God, I just don't see how I can love two people at the same time. Like, I, how can I love you with everything that I have and also have space to love somebody else? And I was like, I don't have time for that. I shouldn't focus on you. And so um, I went to college with that mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah, I was like, I'm just going to not date. I'm going to commit myself to you, God. Like, I'm going to give myself to you, like, you know, for like 10 years, you know, like whatever. Mm-hmm. Um how but old were you guys around this time? Like 20? I think we were... We were 18, 19. Oh. 19. 19. Yeah, we were 19. Oh, we're pretty young. Yeah, 19. Um, and I went with that mindset of like, I'm not going to date. You know, I'm just going to devote myself to God. And so, yeah, when I first saw him, I was not attracted to him. You know, um, like he did not You don't need fit. to emphasize that so <laughs> much. I mean, I was going to say something, but I won't. But um, yeah, it just he just wasn't my type. That's what I'm going to say, right? Um, <laughs> um, and I remember it was Mexico 2012. Uh, we were in the church in San Telmo worshiping together. He was right next to me. And I don't know what happened, but I just looked at him. And the way I describe it is like something from like something like scales fell from my eyes, right? And it just yeah, like... Boy. He was just emphasized, and I looked at him, and just this thought, this thought came across my mind of, he's a really good guy, and then after that thought, I was, it just kept bothering me, and I was so annoyed because I was like, why does he keep coming in my like? Why do I keep thinking about him? Like why, like everywhere I go now, I just hear his name. You know, people are always talking about him, um, and I was just like so annoyed so when I would go when I was. Did you think God, that was the devil? Too? Yeah, I did. When I would, I would, I was so frustrated because I was like, God, like I'm so weak, and I would when I would pray, I would just be like, God, I rebuke Satan right now in Jesus' name. Like I rebuke this like idol, this like thought, this like devil, like see, blah blah blah, and like just um, like praying against it. But I remember one time, it was just this honest prayer that I just you know I prayed to God, and I was like, God. I like him, you know, and I think, but it's crazy because after that, like, the next week, that's when he came and he approached me, he talked to me. So when that happened, like, when he told me he liked me, um, that five minute of silence was me just on the phone being like, what the heck is going on? Like, right. oh my gosh, God, like, is this you? Like, is this what you want? Um, and it was, it was crazy, but it was funny because after that, I mean, once we started dating and we talked, we were laughing because we were both in that place of, trying to push like each other away you know like we both were like you know we have feelings and attraction but because you know our hearts were just in a place of we just want to love god um that we were just fighting so hard to not be with you know one another but yeah a lot of prayer went into this relationship a lot (laughs) and a lot of rebuke (laughs) i feel like for a lot of women when you're in that like oh like you you realize you like someone right Mm. it's like you don't know anything Mm. but the fact that you like that person. Mm -hmm. And I think for a lot of women, they experience, like, this fear. Like, Mm. is this from God? Is this right? Like, Mm. will this disrupt my calling? But, like, Mm. for you, how did you, like, how were you able to distinguish, like, that that was fear and not God? Mm. Because I feel like a lot of women could also misinterpret that as, like, Mm. this is God. Like, you know, I want to devote my years to God. Mm. For me, I don't know if I might be, like, 
like, an exception right. because I actually have um, like a testimony behind this, like the reason why I knew that he was from God and um, just that devotion was just like my pride, you know, and like a selfish desire that I made it for myself mm-hmm. um, because in my high school year when I told God I wanted to uh, be celibate and I wanted to commit my years to him um, and that's actually ladies don't do this but that was like what I used as you know um, back then I was just immature and I used that to break up with my ex-boyfriend being like I'm sorry God's calling me out of this relationship because uh, I'm gonna just wait upon the Lord and I'm gonna devote myself to him um, but I think when I look back I can see that my um, I don't think he's ever gonna listen to this but I could see that my feelings <laughs> for him for my feelings for him was already like kind of going away. In my high school year, when I was uh, going through that phase of I want to be celibate and I want to commit myself to God, um, I would go out to this one prayer house uh, every weekend. And it was at that place where I actually received the word. Um, And it was from this pastor that I was kind of close to. And he first, when I first told him, like, oh, I'm going to be a, I'm going to be celibate. You know, I'm going to commit myself to celibacy. I feel like God's calling me to that. He just looked at me and he's like, okay, like, let me pray for you. And then after the prayer, you know, he was like just blessing me and like encouraging me, being like, you know, you have a good heart. And then he just looks at me and he just starts laughing. And I'm like, why are you laughing? He was like, just come back to me, you know, like in 10 years. And like, I'll tell you why if you come back to me then. And I was like, okay. And the week after we had like a guest preacher. Um, never met him before. I don't know him. He doesn't know me. Um, and he was praying for me. And while he was praying, he was like, Christine, like, I don't know why, but I just see the number 10. Like, I don't know if it's 10 days or like 10 months or maybe 10 years, but I just see God fashioning up a man just for you. I just see God um, creating someone so perfect. And it's like a puzzle piece. You guys will fit each other. He will support you. Like, he will love you. Like, he will um, be just like that perfect person for you. And I was like, what the heck? Right? And I was a little bit, like, I was blown away. Because I was, um, in my mind, I was like, this, uh, my pastor was praying for me. He told me to come back to him in 10 years. Right? And then a week after, just like, man, I've never met before. She started prophesying that over me. and But in my heart, I was a little offended. I was like, God, I just told you I wanted to commit myself to you and not date. So like, what the heck is this? Um, but it's crazy because that was February. And then I met him in December of that year. And that was like 10 months later, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, it didn't click for me until like later as we were talking about our relationship and more of like the timeline. And, um, and then I was reminded of that word. But I think... Um, like for me and my heart. So I think God gave that to me uh, because he knew that um, just being very stubborn and prideful of a person that I am, uh, that if I didn't really have that, I would have just gone through like the next however many years thinking that I was doing a godly thing, you know, thinking I was doing something that he wanted me to do. But in reality, it was just something that I've made up for myself because in my eyes, I was like, oh, this is what holiness looks like. Oh, in my eyes, like this is what God probably would want me to do. Um, but for me, sanctification was meeting this guy, you know, and it was dating him because I think it's, it was in this relationship where, you know, God brought a lot of healing. God brought a lot of um, like uprooting and just like breaking down my pride and just like all these things. Um, and so, yeah, I don't, I don't know exactly how, like, I think you would have to just go into prayer because I think a lot of people can have, um, 
good intentions, but they might not be God, God intentions, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's just really hard, but I would say the discernment really comes in first, like humility. You just have to have the humility to confess and say, God, like maybe this is not what you want, you know? Because um, I've definitely had that. That's the reason why I was like pursuing nursing in my first like couple years of college, mm-hmm. um, because Throughout high school, I thought, you know, God, I'm going to do medical missions. You know, like, it's not for the money. I'm not doing nursing for money. I'm doing it for missions. I'm doing it for you, right? But then as I just prayed a little bit more about it um, and I, and just kind of seeing, like, the war inside of me as well, I think same thing with him. Uh, as God was just bringing him up, there's, like, this war inside of me, you know, like this, I don't know. It was, yeah, just this war inside of me of just fighting off something that was good. But, but because for me, in my eyes, I just didn't think it was um, good for me. I was just rejecting it a lot. Um, but I think at that moment of surrender, when I just laid it down, and like not even if like, God, maybe you are calling me to him, but just an honest prayer of like, God, I do like him. So what are you going to do about that now? You know, and then just mm-hmm. next next week, like we, he talked to me, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think even for um, just like nursing, like pursuing that, like the moment I lay that down before God saying, God, like maybe, I don't know if this nursing thing is like what you're calling me to do or if I just made it up for myself. I just like romanticize like missions, you know, like medical missions. And um, like, if it's not you, God, then I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm just going to lay it down before you. If it is from you, like take it, like, let's see where it goes. But if it's not like you lead me. And that's where I would say God just led me to like Mexico and like other things and just like ministry doors opening like away from like the medical field. So, right. yeah, I, I think it just really comes through like prayer and like intimacy with God. What would you say are, you know, some of your dreams or desires that you wish to see fulfilled? For me, my biggest dream or I would say like one of my bigger dreams and desires in life it was simply actually just to be a mother and I think that's always been like my heart's desire um he always tells me man I wish you had bigger dreams I'm just like because she'd always be like I just want to be a housewife yeah and I was like I want you to conquer the world and she's like nah I just want to stay at home yeah and which I would like love that right but um but I know it also comes out from this place because um just like a little bit of my family is my parents divorced when I was little and so I grew up without a mom and so I think just growing up with that um, brokenness and just that pain and really got healing me. Um, I've just always had this heart. So I want to be a mother, whether it's for my own children or we, you know, we talk about, you know, adoption. But um, I'm very thankful that he also has a big heart for children and he has a really big heart um, for like family um, because that's where my heart is at too. And so I really see God that when he brought us together, he wasn't just bringing two people who are, you know, like loud and funny and, you know, outgoing. But um, I really see that he brought people who have um, like even like same desires and just like same heart because we talk about it, but I don't know if if it changed for you. But for me, like, I don't really see myself dying in America. Like I always say that, but I don't know if that's for you. Uh, but my heart is, I, I think it has always been for like missions. And, um, I think when I think about it, like long term, that I would want to be, I don't know exactly where, you know, wherever God's calling me that I would want to be there. Um, but I do see like the little ways like where he wants to plant a school. Uh, my heart is for, I, I see how God has used me in the past in terms of like teaching and, um, also just having ministry. Like, I love children's ministry. 
Um, and I could see God really putting that together, bringing that together. Um, but I mean, yeah, we still don't know exactly when or where or how. But those are the little dreams where we do see like little bits and pieces of our hearts and our love and things that we enjoy um, coming together. Could you guys also explain covering a little bit? Like, what does that mean? Because I know that we've mentioned covering a lot in this conversation. My covering actually came from Pastor Will and Andrea, because that was when you know I was in California and he mm-hmm. was over in New York. Um, so he received a lot from Pastor Paul on his end, um, and just being more comfortable talking to Pastor Will and Andrea about it. I think for me, it created a lot of uh, accountability. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's one thing um, I would encourage just any couple, mm-hmm. like all couples, like whether it's like a mentor or just someone, like you said, above, I guess someone just who's gone through and like have have had experience. Um, because for us, like we were so young and I, I'm pretty sure like back then in our minds, because we thought, oh, you know, like we love God, you know, we went into it with good intentions. I think that's going to happen. Like we're holy, you know, like thinking these thoughts, but you just never know, right? Go, going into relationships. And so um, I think whether it's our insecurities, our brokenness, um, because we're both just coming into this relationship with so much baggage, um, I think having that covering, it created accountability um, and it really helped speak life, but also give direction for this relationship. Mm. Um, I know that there were, there are so many times where we would talk and I think at, to some extent, um, he's very prideful. I'm very prideful. Like we're both so stubborn. We're both, um, like if it's one thing that we want from each other, it's listen to me right? Um, That's our argument. Like, you don't listen to me. And I'm like, you're not listening to me. And because for both of us, we have this uh, desire of I'm right. No, I'm right. Or no. Okay. You, you, you know, but I know better. Mm -hmm. Like that's for both of us. Right. And so um, we butt heads a lot. And I think in that, in that, in those moments, it's so hard to see, you know, like who really is right. You know, but I think um, also having that covering, I mean, they, they tell us you guys are both wrong, <laughs> you know, just like the way that you guys are approaching it, you know, and I think really because it's one thing for him to tell me that I'm wrong and another thing for somebody else who's outside of relationship to tell me that I'm wrong, right? Because for me, when he says it, you know, I'm just going to be honest, like I'm not going to really take it. I'm going to be like, you're just saying that because you're for yourself or like you just think you're better than me or like you just think you're right. But then when... um Pastor Paul or Pastor Will or Andrea, like they address this issue and they tell me, you know, I'm just like, you know what? Yeah, you're right. I know it, but it's like my pride that doesn't want me to admit it, you know, but um, I guess, yeah, creating that accountability in terms of like who, who I am as a person, like who he is, like what we're doing together, like what's glorifying to God, what isn't. Um, and I mean, yeah, I think there are just so many things where I would say in a relationship, I think being honest and being vulnerable, uh, being transparent, not with just each other, but with the people around you, people you can trust, it actually really helps. And it's, I think if you're not able to do that, um, I think you have to take a step back and kind of see why. Because um, I think that would be a sign of a very unhealthy relationship. Because that would kind of bring up the question of, um, like, what are you hiding? You know, what are you ashamed of? Um, And 
I think, yeah, I don't know if that's making sense, but um, like accountability. I know like it wasn't on this, uh, or I mean, it wasn't, we, we didn't discuss it, but it was a question like on here. I think going off like the question of purity, um, I think that's one thing where like we had to like really fight for that. And um, like, we were talking about this in the car actually, just about this question, this topics. I think this is one thing that's very, um, I think it's very important, but it's also, it's so important, but also brings like a lot of shame and a lot of like hurt. And if anything, like this is kind of what breaks a lot of relationships because we have seen a lot of good people come together, right? But it was just, they just couldn't really fight for their purity or they just really compromised and um, yeah, they just, they just compromised and they gave into their insecurities and whatnot. And because of that, just good people ended up getting hurt and now like, you know, they've broken up. Um, but I think having people who are above and people that can be honest. And what I'm really thankful for is that those, uh, Paso and Andrea, they actually weren't afraid to talk about that issue. Because I feel like, you know, just being also like in a Korean church, just like being Christian, it's like all in the back of our head, we know that people struggle with sexual temptations, but it's kind of awkward to say, so like, are you having temptations? Like, are you struggling with, you know, physical things? And it's just awkward to kind of bring out that topic, right? But in the back of our head, we all know like everyone's struggling with it. Um, and so I think having uh, mentors and having people who weren't afraid to be like, hey, I'm going to tell you right now before anything starts, you need to keep your boundaries. I was like, what? Like I was, I was first taken aback because Pastor Will, you know, pulled me aside and he was like, Christine, like, I love you. I love Jimmy. I love both of you guys. I know him. I know you. But let me tell you, like, once you get into a relationship, it's going to be hard. Like, and I could see like you guys like each other. You guys are both very just like passionate people. I'm going to tell you like right now before like anything happens, you need boundaries. Like, you cannot be with each other, like, past a certain time. You cannot be alone. You cannot go to each other's house. Like, he would just, like, be straight. And I'd be like, what the heck? Like, why is he talking about this? I mean, it's kind of awkward. Like, why is he bringing up these issues? And in, my, in the back of my mind, I'm just like, I've never had this conversation with somebody older like this, right? But because he knew. Like, he knew it's it's a battle. Like, it's, it's a temptation. And it's not, it doesn't care, like, if you're a Christian, if you're, like, the holiest guy or, like, you know, you you know, like you go to church every week or whatnot. It's just, this temptation is just there. And I think it's because it is in nature, like it's in us. It's a desire to love and for intimacy, right? But um, I think for him to kind of put it out there for us, it made me more honest and also more vulnerable. And also um, it definitely put me on guard. Like, okay, I, I need to be careful. Like I need to... Because I thought, you know, honestly, I thought, I'm, I'm such a good girl. I'm such a good, like, holy girl. Like, I never, you know, like, I've never done, like, quote, unquote, like, bad sins. You know, like, I've never smoked or, like, drank or did drugs, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm a good girl. Like, I'm not going to make this mistake. You know, like, I, I think like that to myself. And I think, you know, when I when I was um, just, like, overconfident, right, it kind of puts me into that place of, like, thinking, oh, nothing bad's going to happen to me, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I'm not that kind of person. Like, when it comes, like, I can avoid it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but one thing him and I, we always say, um, or like he taught me is, uh, purity, it's not, what, purity is more about wisdom than it is about passion, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people think, you know, for me to be pure, I just need to fight the temptation. But for us, it's like, you don't, don't fight, just run away from it. 
You know, but people think like, you know, uh, once I get tempted, like, and I fight and I stand my ground, that's when I like really overcome it, you know, but we all know that once you get to that place, you just end up falling, right? And people, um, they think, oh, it's okay. Like I could just fight it. Like with all my strength, with all my passion, you just get up in that, get in that cycle of, you just constantly keep falling and falling and falling. And you just start blaming yourself being like, I'm not strong enough. I'm so weak. Oh, this is all I amount to. Like, oh my gosh, God, like I'm still, you know, and then just kind of goes into this cycle. But then for us, it's just like, purity is all about wisdom, right? And that's why for us, actually, we don't tell a lot of people this, but we actually haven't kissed on the lips, like, for the past, like, five years now. Like, I actually heard that from someone. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay, who's, who's talking about it? <laughs> <Who> said that? <laughs> so actually, our, on our wedding day, it would be, like, the first kiss in, like, the longest time. But it's going to be so awkward. <laughs> Honestly, I'm so scared. I talk. I t- I ask him. I'm just like, oh, like, what if we're like really bad at it, <laughs> like, in front of people? And no, it's actually be so like bad. I wanted to ask. Like, yeah. did you? I mean, is that the boundary that you have set That's, for yourselves? Yeah. And is it like a result of like you know you guys struggling with it before? Or is it just something that you guys set up like right off the bat? No, I would say the first year of our relationship, and because I mean by the grace of God, like we had long distance. But I would say because we only saw each other in such a short amount of time, the temptation was that just that much greater, or like, like it was just that much stronger. Concentrated of like in, in like yeah, right. you know. And so because of that, it's definitely um, like we've had our struggles, like crossing physical boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. And because of that, we're like, okay, we need to take a step back, and this is definitely not where we want to go, uh, where we want to be. Um, and so because of that, we thought, what do we need to do? You know, like, what are the boundaries we need to take? And it's so hard. And I think once this thought came up of, we just can't kiss. Because I think that really just leads us to everything else, you know? Um, like, this isn't a formula I recommend for every couple. Yeah. I'm not saying, like, oh, it if you don't kiss, us. then yeah, it'll yeah, be yeah. the thing. But for me, just because I had um, a history of relationships that didn't end so well, I re- I know myself very well. And I know what I can and cannot handle. And so in the first year, we would kiss. And I'd be like, something's activating that we cannot activate right now. I'm going to send you home and I'm going to go home. And like, let's not, let's not kid ourselves. Because like what she said, purity is not about passion. It's about wisdom. Like the most passionate men fell. You know, right. David, Solomon. The strongest um, man fell, Samson. Yeah, Samson. But then the only guy who actually survived was Joseph. And he was so wise. He was like, not even going to fight this. Te- like, he didn't stay in Potiphar's room, Potiphar's mm-hmm. wife's room, and be like, oh, I can resist this. He was like, I'm going to get out of here. Mm-hmm. And so, like, for she and I, we just had to get out of there. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, you know what, though? Like, I hate cutting our dates short like this. Let's just spend time together, but not kiss, and then it'll be fine. So I would say for, like, future couples, like, just find what you can handle and cannot handle and just set that boundary. Yeah. So I just have one more question to wrap everything up. But if you guys had the opportunity to give one piece of advice to your younger selves, what would that be? Younger Christine. I would tell her um, to trust him a little bit faster or to trust him and it's going to be okay. Um, Because for me, coming to this relationship, um, I mean, I definitely come in with so much baggage of my own, right? Um, Just with my mom leaving me and so having that insecurity in relationships of like fear of abandonment, um, neglect, rejection, all those things and thinking like I'm not good enough. Um, And so I think coming into this 
relationship, I've also put that uh, fear and that insecurity upon him, thinking, you know, he's going to leave me. Like, whenever he would point out a mistake or a flaw in me, I'd be like, oh my gosh, he doesn't like me anymore. Or whenever we would fight, actually, in the first couple years, um, I was very insecure because for me, fighting led to divorce, right? Mm -hmm. And so I would think, oh, fighting leads to breakup or you know and, but then for him he's like wow I'm so happy that we're fighting so much it means we're <laughs> growing right and I'm like what like are you crazy because I just had a very unhealthy view of relationships um and that's why whenever we would you know, he would say something that wasn't necessarily on the same you know in agreement to what I was thinking or my view I would think he's against me he's out to get me he's not for me um, he just wants to put me down. He just thinks less of me. Like I would think all these thoughts, but for him, he's like, I, I believe in you so much. Like I support you. Like I'm always for you. Like I wish you could see that. But for me, I really couldn't because of my, my past. Right. And my own brokenness. And so I think if I were to go back, cause I would say I recently started to really believe. Right. Um, and really trust in him that, Everything that he was doing, it was out of good intentions. And even when he was pointing out my mistake, it wasn't him telling me that he didn't like me or uh, he was seeing me less than, but it was him like, you know, out of love and out of care that he just wanted to, you know, like show me and teach me and whatnot. But I was always on the defense of just being like, you hate me, you know, like, you know, because if you really love me, like you'll let me be like me, which is, you know, like whatever. But that's just like my pride too. And so... I would say, you know, trust him because he is really good. You know, he is a gift from God. And, yeah. I don't know. I would just say pray more. Because <laughs> <laughs> the mornings that I would pray before I meet up with her and pray mm -hmm. for her, mm -hmm. I always have her best in mind. Mm -hmm. But the moments that I don't pray for her and I don't take the Father's perspective, because the mornings that I do pray, God would be like, that's my daughter you're about to meet up with. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I I always have her best in mind. But when I don't pray and I meet up with her, I don't have that father's perspective. I don't have that uh, peace of mind as well. And I meet up with her, then I'm looking out for my my ends, my goals, my aims, my objectives. And um, like how she could be good to me rather than how I could be good to her. So yeah. That's actually one thing that we were talking about was um, how like hurt people hurt people. But dead people can't kill people. So it's just like... We're going to die to ourselves. Well, yeah, when, when she hurts me, I want to hurt mm -hmm. her back. Mm -hmm. But if I'm dead to myself, and I've like crucified the flesh already that right. morning, and I've prayed, yeah. then no matter what she does to me, I can't kill her back because I'm already dead. And so I'll just love her back, and that will heal her and make mm -hmm. her love me back. So it's like reciprocal, right? Like hate can't fight hate. So that's a wrap on today's podcast. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can visit our website, pillarsthroughseasons.com, or you can check out our Instagram, which is at pillarsthroughseasons. We'd like to give a huge shout out to Pastor Jimmy Bay and Pastor Christine Kim for coming on the podcast, and a huge thanks to you guys for tuning in, and we can't wait to hear from you. We'll see you all next month.